welcome to Silk Digital Marketing Mastery, your go-to podcast for elevating your digital marketing success as a female business owner. I'm your host, Sam, founder of Silk Digital, with over six years of experience working with clients from startups to established brands. Each week, my guests and I will provide insider knowledge and expert guidance on social media, email marketing, digital advertising, and more. On this show, you can expect to learn how to create irresistible marketing messages that connect with your dream customers, establish an unbreakable brand identity that they can't help but trust, and develop a holistic approach to your marketing that supports your business goals. I know that as a female entrepreneur, you face unique challenges when it comes to building your brand and growing your business. That's why I'm here to provide you with the tools, strategies, and insights you need to take control of your marketing and achieve your goals. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Get ready to learn, be inspired, and take your digital marketing game to the next level. Hello, and welcome back to the Silk Digital Marketing Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Sam. If this is your first time tuning in, then welcome. You are in for a tree of an episode today because I have an exciting guest, Maddie Avery, joining me. Maddie isn't your typical digital marketing guru, but she is the force behind Birdcage Marketing and Birdcage Marketing School. She really challenges the status quo by championing authenticity over algorithms. And she has this mantra where real businesses succeed by standing out, not fitting in, which I love and definitely can relate and align to. Maddie has transformed brands from the ground up, providing that personality is the true currency of the digital age. Beyond her agency's success, she is also a government growth mentor, university guest lecturer, and she also has her own podcast, the Not So Kind Regards podcast. She is a very much sought after speaker, and she really is inspiring the next generation of entrepreneurs and corporate marketers, myself included. I have worked one-on-one with Maddie for a little while now, but before then, I was a big binger of her content on TikTok. That is pretty much how I discovered that Maddie existed. And we definitely align with a lot of our views on marketing. And But she is somebody that, yeah, is very inspiring and that I look up to in both business and you know personal as well. So, We really chat all things about being authentic online and what that means for a business and brand. I feel like this follows on very nicely from the last two episodes about TikTok because this is, I guess, the topic of discussion um, and this is exactly her beliefs too on the importance of TikTok for brand growth and brand visibility. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Maddie has actually been on my guest vision board for some time now. And I feel like this is just stars of aligned, perfect timing after the TikTok episodes. So let's get straight into today's episode. Welcome, Maddie. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. So we can get to know who you are and what you do. Share with us a bit of a brief introduction and maybe a bit about your journey too, of like how you got to where you are today. Thanks for having me, Sam. I'm very excited to be chatting with you. So I started my agency eight years ago. I think it's coming up to the birthday in a couple of days, actually. I started eight years ago after I relocated from Sydney to regional Queensland up in Mackay and was not feeling the vibes at the agency I was working at here. I also had a bit of a health situation and a pregnancy come up. And so it felt like the right time to just completely unhinge my life and start my own business. 
So I started just working. My parents were my first clients Mm -hmm. and I just started working for them, doing a lot of SEO work. And then, yeah, it's since evolved to quite a decent business. Last year, we were 14 people until I decided I didn't want that anymore. And now we are a nice, tight-knit team of six, but things have never been better. I love that. And what are you kind of specializing in currently in the business? We have done a complete 180 from SEO specialist to then really focusing on using paid ads. That used to be the main driver of our revenue. And now we are completely gone content first. So looking at organic social media, but I don't want people to think of it as the old way of doing social media. It's much more short form video focused. And then it's not just social media either. It's using organic social or short form content to then amplify every other channel that our clients are working with. Yeah, I love that. And with, I suppose you mentioned the old way of doing things. I know you touched on like short form for the new way, but what do you define as the old way? It is people using mainly photos, but people can also do this with video, but I find it's mainly done with photos where you have content pillars, which are educate, inspire, promote. And then they are (laughs) posting photos that have like some inspirational quote or a picture of a product or a picture of their office and just putting some generic ass caption in there that actually no one really cares about. So I think it's it's probably content that's really, really brand focused. Even if people think that they're educating through like a post, it's still educating based on what the brand cares about, not so much about what the audience cares about. Yeah. And when you say what, like, what would you believe the audience cares about then to have, like switch that up for them? Well, it depends on the audience. <laughs> but I think what brands really need to get into their brain is that the new way of doing social media and the way, the only way that's, well, it's not the only way that's going to be effective. I just think the brands that take the approach that we're using are the ones that will be a hundred times more successful. But I want people to think of their social media accounts less as their business social media account and more as like a Netflix channel for their audiences. So that means you could have videos about something that feels completely unrelated to the business, but we know that it's something that their audience directly cares about. So I'll use an example. Let's just say you're a real estate agent and you have been traditionally posting about how to stage your home to get maximum value at sale time, which sounds like, oh yeah, that's a decent piece of content, but your audiences, they're kind of, they're not even thinking about that right now. If they are at the point where they are even looking to hire a real estate agent to sell their home, they are going to want content that's more about, I would say things like dreamy places to live. I want them, they're probably thinking about where they're heading to next. So what their next house might look like. So you could post really inspirational um, or aspirational videos about luxury homes, or it could be even, I want to say day in the life content, but I don't want people to get confused and think that they still need to be talking about themselves. It's more showing the inner workings of a real estate agency, something that's more entertaining and that isn't about selling. Yeah. And is that something you work with your clients creating or do you sort of coach them through and give them, I guess, pointers on how to do that? We do both. Mm -hmm. We really believe that the best results come from within a business, but we also know that the biggest thing, the biggest part of marketing that 
brands struggle with is number one, having a cohesive strategy. So that's where we always start. And we do that. The second thing is though, creating that prolific amount of content day after day after day after day. We know that's not easy, but we have, we have a few options when we work with our clients. One is to just coach them on it. So work with them weekly, fortnightly, monthly, and to really be a sounding board and guide where they're going, keeping them accountable, but also giving them the confidence that they are doing the right thing. But we also have packages where we do absolutely everything else except actually filming the physical content so that we can work with people anywhere in the world. And then we literally will we'll do the strategy for it. We'll do the editing afterwards, the scheduling, the posting, all of that. Yeah. Awesome. Because I think with the shift it, for me as well, you know, you're seeing it's a lot harder to get clients to create that video content, you know, themselves, whereas photos, they get a photographer and it's done, you know, you make a quote post in Canva or whatever, and they're just chucking it up. So it's interesting to see the shift, especially in your business too, how you're changing what you're offering as well. Do you find now that you're kind of not so focused on photos and images, are you only focusing on platforms like TikTok and moving away from Instagram or is that still a huge part in the marketing? I believe it is still a really important piece. My own personal bias definitely comes into play where I love the TikTok platform. Uh, Instagram never quite resonated with me. And I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way, but then I know there's a lot of people that feel the opposite way and they just can't get a grip on TikTok. It's like you talk about, Sam, it's about holistic marketing. You can't just think that one platform is going to be the golden egg and deliver everything you want. You have to think of where are your audience spending time? If they're on both platforms, you should be on both platforms. Yeah, 100%. And I think this is what businesses struggle with too, because they're like, I'm spread so thin across all these platforms and then nothing works. Do you have a bit of a framework that you would follow or recommend that they start with? Like whether it's TikTok first and then they go to Instagram or vice versa? Yeah, I used to really encourage people to go to Instagram first because TikTok is a bit more high maintenance. Mm -hmm. But the results that we get through TikTok are just that much better that we're now pushing people to go to TikTok. And the framework that we use, it's, it's the customer journey or the funnel framework. So what I would definitely say is focus on the top of funnel first, which is getting people to your brand in the first place. And that is just mean, that just means you're creating content that is about attracting your audiences in. And that's kind of it for the minute. If that's all you can handle, then just get grow the audience base. Cause if you can capture attention, you can sell anything to them. Mm. And I know you talk a lot about getting eyeballs on your brand. Is that what you're referring to? Like when it's yeah. top of funnel, getting the attention? Exactly. So it's think of all the people in the world that have never heard about your business, which for a lot of small businesses is like the majority of the world. If you think of who actually knows that your business exists. So think of the potential that lies there. It's just about getting those people who don't know you exist, but who match your ideal customer profile, getting them to know that you are a business, that you are a brand and that you can help them in some way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Do you find again, back to TikTok, that's your platform because of the visibility that it comes with and the organic reach compared to Instagram. Because I know I talk a lot about that too, where Instagram, you can have a million followers, but get like 300 people viewing a post compared to TikTok. You can have a hundred followers and get, you know, 50,000 people viewing it. I think TikTok's becoming more and more difficult. And so it's like the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Mm. I wish I started posting on TikTok when I started 
being a like a user on TikTok. So I was using TikTok a year before I actually started posting. And I feel like if I look at the creators that I was watching before I started posting, they're miles ahead of me now. And I think that TikTok will progressively get more difficult to get that visibility. The reason why it is so great currently and the reason why you can grow a lot quicker than you can grow on Instagram is because they are still in growth mode themselves as a platform. That means they are rewarding creators that are posting to their platform by sharing the content with more people. Instagram is in a phase where, and Facebook, Meta, they are in a phase where they were really heavily focusing on ad revenue. So they've, if anything, they've actually restricted how much your organic content is shown so that you as a business will go and start spending money on their ads. That's why you're not getting organic growth necessarily on Instagram because the platform wants you to pay for ads. Yes, TikTok wants you to pay for ads, but they are still in initial user growth mode. So they are rewarding the creators for creating the content. Yeah. Do you feel with the creators that are, I guess, popping off and, you know, growing, is there a type of content piece that is working? Like, you know, we see on Instagram, it's heavily, I don't know, made up and very much like, you know, magazine photo shoot. Like that's the vibe it gives me. Whereas TikTok, I don't know, is a little bit more authentic. Do you find that that's sort of the case What when you're seeing accounts grow, it's because of the authenticity or? Yeah. I think that what I really try and push my clients on is what is your X factor or what makes you, you and lean into that more heavily. If there are brands that are, for example, I work with a, um, a children's couture dress company, dress oh, wow. brand, and for them, I'm not telling her to show up like looking like she's just rolled out of bed. I'm saying go that editorial route that you would traditionally see on Instagram with the beautiful little girls in the dresses and in the meadows and everything because that that is what makes her her and that's what her audience wants as well. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, if that's not your natural go-to state, then don't try to be that either. You just need to lean into what works for you the best. Do you find there's a fine line or like a particular balance between being too much yourself online, especially for a brand versus like maybe more of a personal brand? Yeah. And I think TikTok works really well if you show up as a personal brand. So for my accounts, for example, my main TikTok account is my personal account, but I'm not saying personal as in like I'm sharing my kids or like any of that stuff. I've drawn a very big line in the sand that I don't want to put my kids out on TikTok. I I will if it fits, but it's for me, I'm talking about business stuff, right? Yeah. But then we also have our agency account on TikTok, which definitely has not gotten enough love, where it's a different strategy altogether. So I think that the easiest way to grow on TikTok is via a personal brand. And then, oh yes, and that person also owns this business. But that's not to say it's the only way because I know that um, there are a lot of brands which pop off as well. It's just, it is just about understanding what exactly your audience wants. Do they want to connect with you as a business owner, as a founder and share that? Or do they, do they want to connect with what your brand can offer? Mm. And do you think that comes through trial and error of the content you're posting? Yeah. Mr. B said it best. The first hundred pieces of content you post is just practicing Mm -hmm. and a test. Don't even worry about optimizing until you've posted those first hundred pieces. Mm -hmm. And then from there, 
is that when, you know, you recommend people come in and analyze what's worked and then kind of take that and that's what you run with? I think it's valuable to do a strategy up front. I want people to realize though that a strategy is just, it's a hypothesis. It's an educated guess about what you think your audience wants. It's, it also helps with clarity and confidence because it puts a real boundary around what you should be posting about instead of thinking, oh, I need to post about this and this and this and this. You can be, okay, I'm just going to focus on like this kind of area of the world mm-hmm. and post that particular content. If then after you do those 100 content pieces or if you've gotten traction earlier than that and you can see a real trend, I was just got off a um, coaching call then and we've identified that her audience really responds to controversial insights about the fashion industry. And so that's what we're now going to continue to lean into whilst also testing out other more unhinged pieces of content as well. And when it comes to showing up as a brand online, especially TikTok, a a question that a lot of brands ask me is, do I have to show my face? What is your view on that? You don't have to, but do you want to make money? (laughs) Unfortunately, this is what digital marketing is now. If you want to grow an online business, especially if, I mean, if you're a big corporate and you've got a million bucks a month to spend on ads, no, you probably don't need to. But even if you have a face of the company, you will, you will do better. Look at Duolingo, for example. That's the, um, the online language school Mm -hmm. and it has a, their logo is like an owl, big owl. And so on TikTok, they hit it off early on with TikTok because they had a big owl and a mask, like big male mascot, mascot walking around where he's just like a person in a big owl suit and he's hit it off. So even a big corporate can have a face of the business. If you are a small business, I actually think that the fact that this is the case, the fact that having a face of the brand is so important and works so well, it's actually leveled the playing field between big corporates and small business where it's easier for you as a small business to get that personal connection simply by showing your face. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's given such a big opportunity for small businesses, yeah, to compete with them in a different way and you don't have to have all the money in the world because you've got a phone, you can buy a microphone, you know. It's just about showing up. Do you have any tips for brands that are maybe on the fence about TikTok or just showing their face to overcome, you know, sharing a lot. (laughs) What's a video that I posted recently where I'm standing in front of a TV that shows a graph of the profit in my business over the past 15 months or so, where we went from a period of being terribly, terribly in debt and drowning in the overheads that we had to now it being exactly the opposite. And it comes down to number one, I think, personal growth of myself. But TikTok was the main driver of this. We went from getting all of our leads from Google, which were cold leads. I had to really convince them on the phone to Mm. come and work with us to now TikTok where people, a discovery call I had this morning, this woman who runs a really successful fashion brand over in the States has told me that she's binged all of my TikTok content. She's watched all four of my, listened to all four of my podcast episodes, which are only brand new, sent it to her family to listen as well. Mm -hmm. And when we're on the call, it was less about me pitching what I can do and more just figuring out how we can best work together. And so if you, if people argue with me and say, it's not for business to business, I disagree with that. I obviously, there are obviously verticals and businesses where it's not going to 
be ideal. But the majority of local business, small businesses, TikTok will work for you. Mm. And in saying that too, like, do you think, I guess that's like a big misconception with Facebook ads or meta ads. And is that something that you're still like organic aside? Are you still, I guess, all for running paid ads or is it running paid ads on TikTok as well? How do you feel about all that? I feel we used to prioritize paid ads and I used to be all for the paid ads. I thought they were magic and because we used to get such magical results, but with a lot of changes with platforms and tracking and privacy and all of that, we can't track as well as we used to. We can't get the results that we used to. And because of that, that's what's pushed me into looking at other avenues because we weren't getting results for our clients. And now I've found that organic social media is actually so effective when I really didn't think it was that we aren't, we used to support paid ads with organic socials and it's now the opposite. We're now supporting organic socials with paid ads. So if mm-hmm. you have content performing well on organic socials, stick that into an ad, put some ad spend behind it, and you've just skipped the entire learning and testing phase of your creative and saved yourself a lot of time and money. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like we were like agree on a lot of things and have the same views, but with like the paid ad side or you know, I mean, just marketing in general for brands, I suppose you probably hear it too. Like I don't have time to do all these things. Mm. Like what do you say to people that have that mindset in their business? Or I can't afford to outsource. Well, I understand they're not affording. I have some thoughts on that and I'm 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 gonna tell you my thoughts. But first, if I don't have time, that's fine. But that means you don't have time for growth. And if you have another way of marketing your business offline and selling your business offline, and you're doing that with, for example, one-on-one networking situation, that's great. But that also takes time as well. You can't just start a business and think, because I exist, people are going to come to me. No one owes you anything. You have to go out and make it worth your customer's while for them to engage with you and for them to want to purchase from you. Now, we have this unique opportunity where simply by showing your face and posting some content from your phone on the internet, you can grow multi-million dollar businesses. And if you don't have time to tap into that, then why are you in business? If you really don't have time because you are growing a business, then hire someone to do it for you, either internally or externally, bring an agency or a freelancer in. But you need to prioritize doing it. Now, if you don't have, if if people are saying, I can't afford to do things, There's a couple of elements to that. Number one is people who actually cannot afford to do it because their business isn't making money. They don't have any spare money from their day job, all of that. That means you have to educate yourself and you have to do it yourself. If you want to not live in a situation where you're living paycheck to paycheck and you are not following your dreams and you're not working on your own business, you need to do something exceptional out of your ordinary day. So that means educating yourself getting a marketing coach or enrolling in a course and doing it. If you are saying, I can't afford it, but you actually can, and you're just scared, that means you you need to invest because anything you are scared about is outside your comfort zone. And that's where growth happens. Because if you keep doing the same shit over and over, you just keep getting the same results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And with the whole agency stigma or stereotype, I don't know how you feel about that because obviously I have very much. It's just myself in the business. And in the early days, I was making out like I was an agency and there were people, but I very much, I guess, disassociated with that word agency because of the negative stigma Mm. around it. 
are you still finding there are a lot of people with that negative belief about agencies? And I guess, what do you say to them around that? Yeah. But then people still keep paying shitty agencies. (laughs) Like I find it hard to call myself an agency. We'll call us an agency these days because we're not just that. We're also consultants, we're coaches, we're like therapists in a way. Mm -hmm. We're so much more than what an agency is. But I think that for the sake of time, we are a digital marketing agency. I agree. I think there's so many agencies that are shouldn't even be in business, mm-hmm. especially probably the bigger guys, where I think it's really tempting for a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, to reach out and work with a bigger agency because it feels safe. It feels like, oh, they know they clearly know what they're doing. But if unless you're a big account for them, you're going to be stuck with the juniors and they probably don't know any more than you do really. And you're going to be completely neglected. So I would say that don't work with the bigger agencies unless you have big budgets. Work with a boutique agency like myself or work with an individual freelancer like you. What I think is important though is that individual freelancers protect themselves and have have a network or have a support system that they can lean on when things aren't working out the way they want them to. Mm-hmm. When I first started this business, I was I did the same as you. I was like, oh, look at all the people here. There's there's just me. <laughs> but I used to struggle with working in isolation, not having anyone to bounce ideas off, yeah. not if something wasn't working, trying to figure it out. And there was a lot of anxiety that came with it as well because I feel like it was all on me. And also if a client didn't like my work, that was all on me. They didn't like me, basically. Mm-hmm. So when I first started hiring my first contractor, that was instantly lifted. And I think if you're a freelancer, even if you don't want to bring people into your business, join network, like join groups, even if they're just online Facebook groups, just so you can have a sounding board. But then if you're getting sick or if you need to go, if you want to go on holidays, you can rely on people to pick up the slack as well. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely been a challenge um, in my business too, is, you know, going from having people around you working in a big agency Mm. to even learn from and bounce ideas off and grow but then on the flip side of that I think I've like you were saying with working for a big agency and and hiring a big agency sorry as a business I was a junior and I was working on some accounts and it's almost like I'm pretty much using your account to learn and grow myself you know so it's yeah it's not all it's cracked up to be and I think you are definitely somebody that practices what you preach because you're telling people you need to get on TikTok. You're telling people, you know, show your face and you're doing that. Whereas I see a lot of brands, ones, agencies that I used to work for, or even just within Melbourne, they're selling all these services, but they're not executing it. They have the shittest social media pages, you know, they don't even have a TikTok account. So I think it's very much like practicing what you preach. And it's not just me that's doing it. It's now my senior strategist reached out to me and said, can you coach us like you coach your other marketers that I do? Because we want to start posting on TikTok because they're showing up and they're trying to mentor our clients using the methods that I've developed from my own posting. But they're saying, we we want to do it ourselves as well. We need to practice what we preach. And that you've really nailed it. I think that is the best way for a brand to figure out if an agency or a freelancer is of substance or not. If the services they offer match the marketing that they do for themselves. 
Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. I want to circle back to the personal development that you touched on earlier about growing your business from where it was last year. For you, like how important has that been in your life and business? And I guess what does that look like and what's that journey been? It's been everything. And if you told me four years ago, all it's going to take for you to turn shit around is to start journaling and meditating and become a crazy lady with the crystals and the tarot cards, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought, that's not what you do. You need to work 20-hour days and kill yourself in order to be successful. And yeah, there's a season for that as well. I've just had a week of working really, really long days because I needed to get something out. And that's what happens. But now I want to focus on drawing that line in the sand again, having a better work-life balance. It's I read something at the beginning of when I started getting into it all, I guess spirituality to a point, but it was this quote that said, millionaires don't believe in manifestation, billionaires do. Mm. Like That's a really interesting perspective. I think popular culture has completely tarnished the word manifestation though, and they think it's this soft, gentle thing where you just sit and think happy thoughts and then good Mm. things happen too, which is it's not true at all. The way that I like to look at it is I need the science and I need the spiritual angle and I need them to marry up. And I work with a program, which I tell everyone about, to be magnetic, which is based in the States, but it's a really cost-effective way of doing all this stuff. Otherwise, you can work with like a hypnotherapist one-on-one. I'm sure that works. But for me, just having this like online course situation has really helped. And all you're basically doing everything in your life, you have somehow created it. And what that just means is your baseline self-worth, wherever that's at, that's what you're going to keep attracting Mm -hmm. to you. So if you have low self-worth, you're going to keep attracting low self-worth situations. And until you reprogram your subconscious mind in order to have higher self-worth, it's not going to change. And that's, you might think on a conscious level, oh yeah, I've I'm happy with myself. If you look at how you react to situations, like think of if your friend doesn't text you back, where does your mind go to? Do you start spiraling and wondering, have I done something wrong? Do they hate me? That is a really good sign to show me that your self-worth is not where it could be. If I text, and that's where mine mind used to go to, if I text someone and they don't respond, I just think, oh, they're just busy. Yeah. I don't think of it again because I'm confident and in myself. And so I think it's this whole idea of, I mean, you, you have to find what works for you, but out of everyone I've been coaching, out of everyone I speak to, it's the same, it's journaling, just literally stream of consciousness onto a page works really well. Meditation, subconscious reprogramming, and then things like getting sunlight, eating vegetables, moving your body, drinking water. It's amazing to think like we completely ignore the fact that we need all of those things. And they, mm. they can make us feel better instantly. Yeah, it's like those basic human needs that everyone neglects and wonder why they're yeah. sick or not, you know, yeah. doing the things they want to do. I um definitely agree with just how big and important self-development and all of that is in business. And I didn't realize how important it was until I sort of was, a, I don't know, a year or two into business and started noticing these things and you know if a client cancelled how did that make me feel and I just feel like yeah it's it's huge and 
I want to know like, what are some things you sort of do besides your journaling and, you know, meditation and manifestation? Like, is there anything within your business? Are you coaching that with your clients or do you have an element of of what you offer to, to that is involved around that? Yeah. I think for someone that's like stuck and they're like, I know that my self-worth is not where it needs to be. I'd say the first thing you need to do is actually get help one-on-one from a coach. Mm. And that's something that I do with the marketers that I coach, but also then like the brands that I speak to as well. Even from the first discovery call that we have together, everyone ends up, they kind of like hold back and they're like, oh, because they want to tell me some stuff because I'm pulling it out of them. Yeah. And then I think they think, oh, I need to have this professional, but this is a marketing agency, not a therapy. And I'm like, oh no, it's both. (laughs) It's very much both because it's so tied up. Your business can't be successful unless you're happy is the baseline. But I think if you really are in a really bad place, like I was a few years ago, it's important to get one-on-one support. That was how my business coach that I hired, she was the one who introduced me to all of this. And from working with her alone, we went from like 20K months up to like, I think 60K months by the time we finished working together. Not just that though. It wasn't just about the money, but the actual like how I felt about things was completely different. But then from there, it's I think you need to be committed to being a lifelong learner. So listening to podcasts like this, listening to audiobooks, books were huge for me when I was really getting first into this. And then also just having the right people around you. So if you don't have, you know, I don't have a huge friendship group because I've relocated up here and yeah, I I work a lot. So I also like my space. But the people are for me, I prefer to have the right people in my life, even if it's only a few. Yeah. And then, so, so you think like even going back to showing up online and, and being authentic and the energy behind that, has that also been what you think has attributed to your success on TikTok and online is having that like improving your self-worth and, and self-development yeah. to then show up with the right energy and how important that is? Yeah, like, it's the energy like behind it? who do you want to watch on a screen? Someone who's confident and living in their true authenticity and has like high self-worth or someone who's not sure of themselves and isn't really sure that they should be saying these things or posting these things or is trying to be someone else. Mm. It's it's like social media is an energetic exchange. If you're not feeling what you're posting, still post it, I say. <laughs> but like you can't, ex- I can tell the difference when I'm in flow and things are feeling really good. The content that I post always performs better than if I'm really trying to like push something out. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just what you don't realize is that your subconscious, like this is, a, this is science, your subconscious drives like, what do I know, 70, 90% of your day. It's, it's habits. This is your brain going on autopilot so it doesn't have to think so much. Everything you do is driven by your subconscious. So your subconscious is what's running the show if you're trying to convince yourself that you're happy or that you're feeling good and your subconscious is not agreeing with that that's what's going to win yeah yeah I'm definitely facing those challenges I feel like it's a thing that you're constantly like forever yeah it's like you clean the kitchen once it's going to get dirty again so it's the same with I think the self-development journey and for businesses that are starting out whether that's they've been in business for a while and they're starting out showing up online or they're new to business altogether what are your tips or recommendations to, I suppose, stay authentic and become more visible? 
I think it's about having the right support initially. And I'm not saying you need to go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars on an agency. If anything, it's just more about finding someone who resonates with you and more importantly, who has done what you are trying to do and just learn from them. So if that's watching free TikToks, then do that. If that's paying for a course or paying for coaching, then do that. And if anything, I would say, avoid outsourcing in the very beginning as much as you can. You can outsource a few things. Like I think email marketing, for example, and even paid ads is something that you can outsource, but content creation, learn how to do it yourself because that is skills for life. And if you can figure out how to make your content work, then like that's the hard part done. Yeah, agree. <laughs> um, so to wrap things up, how can people work with you? Where can they find you? What are you kind of offering at the moment? I know you've got a few different options to work with you. So, Well, first of all, on TikTok, my handle is Maddie Birdcage, and that is where I would say, let's go there first. Yep. But then from there, if people want to work with me, there are a few options. We have um, launched our online training school, which we will continue to add to. We had a new um, a new pathway just recently launch all about ads. But prior to that, we've got strategy and everything up there. So that is a really great place for newer businesses to go to or even internal marketers who want to upskill. So you can go to birdcagemarketingschool.com to learn about that. And then if you want to work with us one-on-one in the agency, whether that's one-on-one coaching or done-for-you marketing, then birdcagemarketing.com.au is our website. Otherwise, I do take a very limited amount of fellow marketers that I will coach, but that is currently booked out. So do you have a wait list or anything? uh, Yeah, I do. So you can just go, go ahead and book a call through the Birdcage website and chat to me. Um, we can figure it out from there because my senior strategists who also do coaching, they can, depending on what people are looking for, they can also be extremely valuable and be the right fit for someone. I love that. Do you have a particular niche or anything you work with or it's all businesses, all sizes? Yeah, it's all businesses, all sizes. I think where the niche is, is what kind of person you are. If you're an action taker, if you don't make excuses, if you are willing to learn and try new things, then you are our type of person. Lovely. And just finally, what or any advice or suggestions or pieces of, I don't know, that you live by that you can share? (laughs) I put you on the spot here or a quote that you live by. Yes. I like, I always think life is not happening to me, it's happening for me. Even when the worst things happen, follow the red thread, look back in your life and think, oh, if that boyfriend didn't break up with me I would never have met my husband who's a dream guy or if I look at it this way if paid ads didn't die in the ass back in (laughs) 2021 I never would have been pushed into looking at organic TikTok and I love it so much more than I ever loved paid ads love that well thank you so much for joining me and I will leave all the links and details in the show notes anyway, so people can come and stalk your TikTok. I definitely recommend going and binging all Maddie's content. Also, we just launched a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'll leave that in, in the show notes too. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget, you can learn more about my free resources that will help you scale your business by going to my website, www.silk-digital.com.au. And you can always find the links and resources mentioned in today's episode over there too. I would love for you to come say hi over on Instagram at silkdigital underscore. Thanks so much. And I'll see you in the next episode.